0: Hello and welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. I am very fortunate in that I don't recall somebody ever buying me a terrible birthday or Christmas present where you think, how on earth do you think I would like that? But I must admit, I do feel the pressure. I'm not very good at buying people presents, and I always worry that I would buy something utterly horrendous for someone, and they would think, why on earth did you think I would like that? And they would perhaps say, well, do you really know me or do you really care for me or do you really love me? There's a moment in John's gospel where Jesus says, if you love me. And it's a little bit scary and we'll, kind, and we'll come have a look at it now and see what the context is as to why he says that. We're in John chapter 14. He's talked to, uh, to the disciples about trying to manage their heart to stop it being troubled. He's talked about the fact that he and the Father are one and that by seeing Jesus, they are seeing the Father. And then in our last talk, we looked at where he talks about these disciples doing even greater things than him and that whatever they ask for in his name, uh, he will do to help them fulfill the works that Jesus was called to. And I do want to encourage you to go back and look at those if you can't recall them or you haven't seen them. Because it's really important to see this next verse in that context. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. It's really important to t- attach that to this verse. It says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. Because what he's saying is, I'm going to do whatever you ask and when it's in the context of obeying my commands. And that will lead us to ask the question, well, what are the commands? And John has made this very, very clear. In chapter 13, we hear Jesus saying, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And it's abundantly clear. And we talked about this in our study around that that chapter, that verse. How significant it is that Jesus says that they are to love as he loves. And that this is a command, a commandment. Uh, And then he's going to say this a few more times in the book, John 15, 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. This is my command, love each other. So fundamentally, the command is to love, but it's also to serve as Jesus served. We just looked at that in a, in a few weeks ago, in the immediate, immediate minutes before he says these words, when he washes the disciples' feet and he says to them, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So when he says, if you love me, keep my commands, he's saying, look, if you love me, then you are to love and serve others as the Father does, as I, who is representing and demonstrating the Father to you, does. And I like seven, as perhaps you know. So I'm going to give you seven aspects of loving that are represented and seen in Jesus and seen in the Father. And if we love Jesus, then this is what we're going to strive to be and do. This is the command he's given us. This is what I want you to do with your life. Very often we imagine that Christianity is about God doing stuff for us. But he calls us to be his followers, his disciples. And he commands us to live a life that transforms and changes the community. So here are my seven things. Number one is welcoming and including. That Jesus came and met with and was criticized for being a friend of the sinners. He seeks out the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. He accepts and welcomes the woman caught in adultery. He goes to the houses of the tax collectors and the sinners. He welcomes the unpopular, the people who other people won't have anything to do with, who they won't touch, who they're considered um, dirty or damaged. He welcomes the foreigners, the Samaritans, the enemy of the people of God. He welcomes the fallen, the people who have made horrendous mistakes. He doesn't exclude, he doesn't push them away. He says to uh, to his disciples, whenever you've welcomed a stranger, you've welcomed me. And he welcomes the enemy, the tax collectors, the friends of the Romans. He welcomes the the people who are living morally in a way that was considered abhorrent. And he commands us to do as he has done. He commands us to look for and welcome those who others wouldn't welcome. Those for whom when we welcome them, we feel uncomfortable perhaps, or we certainly risk criticism. And that links into the second aspect of loving and serving as Jesus did. It is not to judge. Not to make assumptions or generalizations about others. Not to label this person as a a, a particular title, a particular group, a particular identity. And therefore, they are all of these other attributes. Not to make assumptions about people's motives when we don't really know what has gone on in their heart and not to condemn without mercy. And again and again, Jesus tells people not to judge. And he says that he has come not to judge, not to condemn, not to put somebody in a box and say, you're finished, you're done for, you are no good. But he's come to liberate, to set the oppressed free, to release the prisoners, the people who are trapped in a way of life and a perception of others. He's come to release them. And so when he says to us, I want you to do what I say. He is saying, go and find the people who are judged and rejected and set them free. Third attribute of the love of God is to wait and never leave, never forsake, to not give up upon, but to stay in care and companionship when it's difficult, when we feel uh, betrayed and we see them the way the father loves his people the way he stays with humanity, the way he puts up with the people of God throughout the Old Testament, and he waits and he waits. And he never leaves or forsakes us. And that's a real challenge for us to wait for people who are not responding. Maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, maybe it's colleagues or others that we know. And it's hard because they don't seem to be making progress. And equally hard is to let go of anger when we have been hurt or damaged or feel wronged or feel on behalf of somebody else that a wrong has been done. And Jesus commands us to love as he has loved, the God who offers forgiveness, mercy, grace, who comes to the sinners and sets them free rather than holding on to resentment. He's the one who on the cross says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So that means praying for those who have hurt us and damaged us and seeking to bless and choose to do what is right for our enemies. That isn't a feeling. We may not like our enemies. That's why they're called enemies. But to love our enemies, which is one of the commands explicitly spelt out by Jesus, to love our enemies means to choose to do what is best for them. And it's a command of Jesus. He commands us to seek the lost, to look beyond our own immediate circle of relationships, but to look out and try to find those who are despairing, those who see no hope, those who feel lost in a a place of darkness, to seek out the confused, those who are making mistakes, those who don't know or understand the way they should live or the way they should go to seek out and find the guilty, those who have made huge mistakes, those who are living in a way that is damaging themselves and others. And he comes to seek and to save the lost and he commands us to do the same. He commands us to go and make disciples of all nations and all peoples. So to love is to look beyond the people that are immediately in front of us and go, where are the people on the edges, on the fringes who are hurting and broken? To love and serve as the Father does means to be good news to the poor. To get alongside those who are broken in spirit and broken financially. Those who are oppressed and put upon. And not to be part of the oppression. Not to be part of the isolation and the grinding pain of poverty. But to be those who help relieve it. And so lastly to love and serve as the Father does is to be people who give. And as the father has given Jesus and as Jesus has given his life, so he invites us to give and to release the resources that God has given us. If you love me, keep my commands. The command is to love and serve others, to welcome, to not judge, to wait without leaving, to let go of anger, to seek the lost, to be good news to the poor and to give. And we may say, how? Jesus, how do we do that? That is so difficult. And the good news is that verse 16 follows directly on from verse 15. Because when we make that commitment and that choice, Jesus says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. And we're going to look at this a little bit more in our next talk, what exactly that means, another advocate. But for this moment, I just want to um, uh, zone in on, on the, the help you bit. He will be with you forever the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you Jesus says if you love me then you will try to keep your commands and you my commands and we'll go that's too hard God and he says that's okay I'm going to come and live in you and be with you by my spirit the advocate and I will help you So how does the Spirit of God within us help us to love? Well, firstly, the Spirit of God responds to our choice. It begins with us saying, Lord, help me. I can't do this. I need your, I want to be a person of love. I want to be a follower and a copier uh, uh, of Jesus. I want to follow his example. I want to live the life that God created and intended for me. And therefore, we invite God in because we say, I can't do this. We choose it and we say it's beyond me. And so there, there's an element of dependence. And when we say to God, I need you to help me in this, then He comes in by His Spirit and lives with us and will be in us. It's a spirit of dependence, it's a spirit of surrender. And we're saying to God, I can't do this without you. I can't love, I can't seek the lost, I can't let go of my anger, I can't welcome, I can't give, because all of these things, my, my human instinct is saying, no, that's too difficult, it's too painful, it's unrealistic. But When God's spirit comes in and transforms my nature, I can begin to move in that direction to keep the commands that Jesus has asked of me. So what practically does that look like? Well, when we invite Jesus into our life by his Holy Spirit, I want to suggest that he does a number of things. Firstly, he highlights where we can love and where we're going wrong. And we begin to see the lack of love in our lives. We begin to become aware of our selfishness or our, where we are actually damaging or hurting or overrunning somebody else. And we begin to see it and we feel remorse. We feel our conscience is challenged and changes. So the first thing that the Holy Spirit comes and does within us to help us to love is to reveal what's not loving. And we bring that to God in confession and repent. And as we recognize it and own it and admit it, it can be washed, cleansed, and removed. And then he begins to suggest how we can love and we're in a situation and an idea and a prompt comes to the mind well maybe i should say this or maybe i could do that and we begin to feel as we're asking god to help us we're asking god to change our, our our minds he begins to suggest the things that we could do that would be more loving he begins to suggest that we might approach the person on the corner of the of the office or the workplace who nobody else is speaking to he begins to suggest how we might let go of anger he begins to suggest what we might do with our money and how we might give. And then the spirit at work within us motivates and gives us a desire to follow through on the suggestion that he's made. And we find ourselves thinking differently to the way we used to think. And we want to love and we want to do the things that he asks of us. We want to seek the lost. We want to be good news to the poor. We want to bring hope to the despairing. We want to welcome and include. And the final part of the work of the Spirit within us is He strengthens us. He gives us the resilience. When we get it wrong, when it's hard, when we perhaps are tempted to give up, there is something within us that goes, no, I'm going to stay with this. When we fail, there is something within us that says, no, have another go. Get up back on your feet and keep going. And this is the work of God within us, His Holy Spirit, highlighting, suggesting, motivating and strengthening so are questions for reflection. Firstly, do I want to to love like Jesus? Because that's where it's all going to begin, where I make the decision and say, Lord, here I am. Here's my life. You created me to love. You intended me to love. I am at my best when I'm loving. And so I choose to do that. I choose to renounce my selfish ambitions and lay myself to your agenda. And when we do that, The next questions come out of that. Where is God's spirit highlighting unlove within me? Where as I pause for a moment am I recognizing, you know what, that way I do that, the way I speak about that person, the way I use my time, the way I ignore that situation, that is unloving and I need to change that. And where is God highlighting people who need our love and care? Those who are on the edge, those who are broken, those who are lost, those who are excluded, those who others would reject. Whose names are coming into our mind and whose lives are coming across our path? And lastly, where is God's spirit highlighting ways to love better? Where is he suggesting what we might do? What we might say, what we might give, what we might continue to persevere in, what we might let go of. Let's ask his spirit to fill us again. He has sent his spirit to help us. He says, my command is to love. And if you choose that, I will come and live in you and help you. He Will not leave us as the next verse says, as orphans but come and help us. Let's pray together. Lord, we choose to love, and it's tough. So Holy Spirit, come within us now. Highlight what we're doing wrong. Suggest what we can do better. Guide us, motivate us, and strengthen us. Show us who to love and how to love them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.